Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's BMW Championship. And joining me to break it all down, it's Mark Immelman. Mark, good to see you. Good to see you on a Friday night, Rick. I thought you'd be out gallivanting somewhere, but now you're working as usual. Eh? Hardest working guy in show business, you. Oh, gee, thank you. It's still three. It's 3.50 on my coast, so plenty of time to still go out and gallivant yep. after we get the work done. Yeah, but 3.50 in Vegas means nothing. I mean, three, <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> you true. could still be going. <laughs> All right, good. Anyway. Does, back doesn't back matter. Work. Doesn't matter what time it is here. Uh, Mark, we are seeing absolute fireworks in Baltimore because uh, scoring is is unbelievably good. Before we jump into the specifics, Caves Valley is not presenting uh, much resistance to these golfers. And when they put their ball in hand, play preferred lies over the first two days, uh, the best players in the world are certainly taking advantage of it. Yeah, it's summertime golf in the Northeast, you know, with bent greens that need a lot of moisture to keep them alive in the heat. And we've been especially hot. So those things were getting spritzed anyway. And you're getting some storms rumble through there, the summertime storms. It becomes target practice. And Rick, when I was watching these scores get posted today a little bit, I started to think back about to Medina because this event is played in the Midwest, basically. I mean, Caves Valley is as far east as it's what it's been, but it's the old Western Open. So Chicago and those sorts of places host this event. And Medina in Chicago, I recall, and mem- help me with my memory here, but I think Patrick Cantlay shot 22 under and lost by three to Justin Thomas around Medina, which is a large golf course. And we're seeing more of the same sort of thing here. These guys, you're right, ball in hand, very receptive greens, pure greens. So the ball's stopping where it's landing. And uh, when you give a professional golfer that, even the heaviest rough is not going to defend the place against them because when they hit those jumpers at the rough, they hit the greens softly, they stay on the surface. So greens in regulation numbers go up. So bogeys go down and you can reach par five. So, you know, par, I sound like Bryson, par becomes like 68 on a course like this. And uh, that's what you're seeing. So you're absolutely right. Patrick Cantlay at Medina, 22 under. That was three shots behind (laughs) Justin Thomas. In 2019, getting the job done there. And you mentioned Bryson DeChambeau because he was the storyline on Friday. He almost did a a real big thing, but he did a thing. Mark, he shot a 60 that included a putt for 59 on 18 from six feet, three inches that he left on at least the left on the pro side, even though it didn't touch the cup. But Bryson was in complete control of his game. A 60 is 12 under par. He had two eagles on the card. I, I mean, this was this was peak Bryson out there today. It was. And isn't golf crazy? Because he was kind of almost on nobody's radar for a while there. And 
everyone was like, where's Bryson? He's not playing very well. And lo and behold, the guy goes out there and has that putt for 59. And it was a spectacular day. He did everything correct. Um, but if I had to critique, uh, it's it's hard to critique 60 because it's just <laughs> virtuoso, even though it's not 59. But that putt for 59, I've called him a bunch. And that he was out of routine on that. He went quicker over that putt oh. than he ordinarily does. Normally, when he stands behind the ball, looks down the line, he'll take two practice strokes, perhaps three. He took one. Took one. Got in over, got in over it, pulled the trigger. It was like he was, I don't know if he was nervous. He was obviously aware of it. He knew what was going on. He knew what the score was from. And it was one of these seven-foot uphill, and you're saying to yourself, hey, on the putting green, I ripped this thing in there nine out of ten times, eight out of ten times. And so I think there was a little of that on, perhaps. He didn't. Uh, talk to the print media afterwards. He did talk to TV and radio. And I don't know if anyone asked the question. I haven't seen the transcripts to say, look, were you out of routine or were you just convinced about the line? But if, he said, yeah. but if he said he was convinced about the line, sorry, my counter would be like, Bryson, you're the guy that leaves no stone unturned. You do the same thing on every shot. He's basically calculated exactly what he needs to do from weightlifting to eating to drinking to the whole thing so he can perform his best. And then on the most fundamental of shots he faces coming down the stretch there, he gets out of what he normally does. Now, I'm not critiquing. I don't know what was going on inside his mind. But but he, he, he was out of routine over that putt for 59. That's interesting. I saw the one practice stroke. I didn't know if that was normal for him or not. And he definitely knew where he was at because after that ball, but his approach, he flew it past the hole and it kind of spun back down below, you know, six and a half, seven feet. He was, you know, he was giving it a little yeah. fist pump mm -hmm. and a little point. He knew exactly what that putt was for Mark. Yeah, he did. And, and what a thrill. I mean, shucks. I think the, I've had a putt for 62 one time and I was like, my, I couldn't draw the putter back. Um, so I can imagine what it feels like to do that number. And I was watching it on PGA Tour Live and a colleague of mine, Mark Carnivale, a former PGA Tour Rookie of the Year, he is, he will not say the number. He's that superstitious about it. Yeah. So on the call, he, he said to Brian Katrick, who's in the studio, he goes, okay, BK, you can talk about what this is about. I'm just going to tell you that this thing's on the left edge at best. It turns out that Bry uh, Bryson started it outside the hole. So it means a lot to everybody. Even if you're languishing in 50th and you shoot 59, it's just one of those special achievements. And I mean, I was already thinking because, you know, this is one of my prized possessions that actually lives on my desk. I think I've shown you this. This ball here. That's a JT ball, here. right? It's a Justin Thomas 59. Yeah. yeah. I called it in, uh, let's turn the right way up. I, I called it in. In a way, to Sony, I called his 59. So after he'd done the signing and stuff, and he, he, I said to him, can I have a ball? And he had a selection of them that he'd used. And this was one of the balls he used. And I was like, man, I got to call a 50. I got to call a 59, not shoot it. <laughs> so I was hoping for Carney's sex. I'm like, dang, bro, I hope you get this. Because not many folks have called a 59 before. John McGinnis, incidentally, has done a 58 and a 59, both on uh, one on Furek, one on Snedeker at the Wyndham. So, uh, pardon me, F two fifty nines. I don't know. I can't remember who had the fifty eight at Travelers. I think it was Bill Rosinski and the radio crew. Anyhow, um, but but it's just a special thing. So, uh, and and I see our, our Jacob Yo just added into our producer added into the uh, the chat that Spieth was playing alongside JT on that fifty nine at Wireline. 
Daniel Berger, incidentally, was the third member of the trio. So Spieth almost got to watch a second 59 from the front row seat today. So it's just specials. And I know it's long-winded, but, you know, the players are aware of this. And it's a special sort of a thing to achieve. Yeah, they're aware of it. It turns a little bit into like a, a no-hitter situation for a pitcher. Nobody wants to talk to Bryson. Nobody wants to get him out of his routine. No one wants to say, hey, he's he's got a 59 coming up. So it was always fun. Theater, uh, a 60 will certainly do. And he is 16 under par. And at the moment, one shot clear. I should clarify there are a few golfers still out on the golf course as we record this patrick cantlay is in the clubhouse with a friday 63 he will be at 15 under par heading into the weekend and mark i know uh we can do the strokes gain thing all <laughs> night and all week and all month but he, something special is happening with patrick cantlay's putter right now and this is the best way that i can illustrate it uh he gained over six strokes putting yesterday the single best putting round of his career today he gains 5.1 strokes putting the second best putting round of his career so back-to-back -back days he had the first and second best putting rounds of his entire career he is actually if you want to go deeper into the metrics uh losing strokes from t to green and he is one shot <laughs> off the lead uh you know what i was i watched some golf i had to give some golf lessons today so I wasn't on Twitter very much because the if I was, the first place I would have went to when I had a quick uh, gander at the scoreboard and I saw the way he was putting, because he had like 23 putts today, I think it was. Um, I, I was keen because I was like, his he's ball striking numbers have got to be pedestrian, really. <laughs> so I hadn't looked at KP's Twitter account because I would prepare to bet my mortgage <laughs> that he has made some quip about the fact that he's losing strokes from tee to green and he's putting so well. And then I wanted to ask you, because I knew we were coming on, I was like, okay, Rick, normally I know you fade these cats over the weekend when they're putting well. What are you going to do? Because this guy, even though, because it's deceptive, because I watched some of his round, he was hitting the ball just fine. Yeah. Now, remember, like I always say to you guys, you can hit the ball to 20 feet under the hole, and that's better than 15 feet above the hole on greens like this, for argument's sakes, and you've got an easier putt, but you're going to lose strokes to the competition for that approach shot. So this is a delicate, uh, a delicate situation statistically for me. Yeah, he has actually been, um, he's statistically, he's been very good on approach, but he's been horrible around the green. So that's really the scenario in which you can get where he loses Tita green, but he's doing the putting thing. Yeah. And, and I would have told you after Thursday's round, there's no way he can putt like this again. And of course he goes out and gains another five strokes. So, uh, the thing is he banks those, you know, they don't take them away, take those strokes away from him heading into the weekend. Uh, he is certainly, if he gets back to being Patrick Cantlay, where he just, you know, stuffs everything in there, he's going to be just fine. So he'll be one, shot behind Bryson DeChambeau and as we talk Mark uh, John Rahm is making a bid as he tends to do uh, to be at the top of the leaderboard after this round two he has currently five holes to play he is 14 under par two shots off of Bryson's pace he just made eagle on 12 in which he hit uh, he went uh, at a 261 yard shot to Eight feet, oh, nine and a half feet. Yeah. yeah, rolled it in. And then he followed that up with a birdie on 13. So as we have said countless times over the course of the past couple of months, John Rahm continues to be dialed in and continues to be in contention. Yes. And I wanted to say this um, typically. Now, there are outliers. There always are. But typically on a soft golf course like this, when it becomes a scoring bonanza, 
it is a putting contest. And I quickly looked through the numbers. DeChambeau, I think he's fifth putting, strokes gained. Cantlay is, I'm sure, number one. I didn't look at him. And Rahm is currently number three. So you've got the top three guys on the leaderboard, one, three, and five, I think it is, or maybe one, three, and four. I'm not sure about DeChambeau. And this is going to have to continue over the weekend. You can argue with me about ball striking till the cows come home. You're going to have to make putts. And um, as the thing about Cantlay, it wasn't just the rudimentary stuff that he made. He made some sweeping things from right to left, left to right, uphill, downhill. And that is going to be the recipe for success. Last year, in fact, last or last time around BMW, you ask anyone about that event at Olympia Fields, what shots define that? And they'll talk about the Dustin Johnson sidewinding make to get into the playoff. And then they'll talk about John Rahm's 60-odd footer with 15 feet of break from left to right that he buried to win. It's going to be the same sort of thing, in my opinion, as we head into the weekend. Well, as we head into the weekend, our friends over at Caesars have released the odds. We're going to talk about those, uh, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back. Mark, I don't want to be the one that calls this a three-horse race, so I'm I'm going to blame it on... <laughs> I'm going to blame it on Caesars here because they have outlined uh, the way this is going to go over the course of the weekend. John Rahm with holes to play is the favorite plus 188. Bryson DeChambeau in the clubhouse at 16 under is plus 225. And Patrick Cantlay minus uh, 15 is plus 350. They are the only golfers below 20 to one. So I'm not going to say I'm going to let Caesars do the talking. They're calling this a three horse race. Yes, but remember that recent podcast we were all on and I talked about the chaser's freedom yes, and the leader's peril? You know, when you're playing with a lead, things are different. In fact, uh, one of my lessons today, I had a mini tour professional who's had a couple of victories and and uh, he's sort of really playing into his own. And I expect him, you know, through tour school, hopefully to make it onto the Corn Ferry Tour. And we were talking about statistics and they don't get the benefit of stats. But he he said to me, he goes, it just feels different over the weekend and especially in the final round. Mm. He said it just feels different when you've got that five iron in your hand from the rough. It especially feels different when you've got that six-footer you've got to make to stay tied or one back, whatever the case might be. So he goes, there's that element, there's that emotional element that's brought to bear. And that's when you're playing close to the lead like he has been. He goes, then again, when you're sort of out of it and you tee off on Sunday and you're 40th, you just let it ride because you're either looking for something or hopefully you find that special day and you play your way up the leaderboard and make some extra cash. So with that being said, looking at some of these numbers that have been shot, like today we had rounds, 12 under, 9 under, 7, 7, oh, uh, more than a handful of sixes, a bunch of fives, which to me was a shock. So it's looking like par is almost 69. Yeah. So I'm looking at a situation, I didn't look at the, the scoring average, I'm sure you can, but I'll tell you this right away. I'm prepared to bet that someone from down the leaderboard is going to go out there 
and shoot that 62 or 61 or 63 even like if if someone at nine shoots 63 which is nine under that gets them to 18. Mm-hmm. now that might not suck Deshambo in but when he's on the leaderboard and you start to see these people coming up on you and all of a sudden you miss a few putts and you miss a shot and you make a bogey god forbid on this place which is unheard of that can get into your mindset very very fast so Yes, they are the favorites, especially Ram. He should be. Cantlay has contended in this event before. He's had a fantastic year. In fact, the way he's playing right now, and given what Morikawa is doing, if Cantlay wins this and then wins the Tour tour Championship, I think he becomes the player of the year because he's already got two wins, right? Correct. So there's a whole lot going on at the top of the leaderboard. But those guys down down in behind, they know what's out there, and they're going to go out and they're going to play offense, and someone's going to get it. And someone's going to get it tomorrow and they're going to tighten up the leaderboard and someone's going to get it Sunday and come in from behind. And who knows, those leaders might just wobble enough to give the chaser a chance. Well, if you're listening and you think that uh, someone's going to go out and shoot something low, there's plenty of options. Everybody else is 20 to 1 or longer and there are only 11 golfers shorter than 100 to one so plenty of value if you think someone is going to make a move on that saturday and position themselves into sunday and of course after each round we'll be back to break it all down but for now let me thank producer jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes that right there that's mark immelman you can find him on twitter at mark underscore immelman and you can find me at rick run good this has been the first cut and we'll catch you next time Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.